Thank you for tuning in to RTM Nation Online, where we believe that you will receive the abundance of peace, prosperity, security, stability, health, healing, and truth. If you would like to learn more about the ministry, click the link below. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the channel. Now let's get into the message. We're going to start in Romans chapter 7 and give kind of a synopsis of that, but Romans chapter 7, uh, where Paul seemed to be in a dilemma uh, concerning his, his walk with God. And by the way, the, the title of the message is Live Like You Are Forgiven. You need to live like you are forgiven. Amen. So uh, in Romans chapter 7, Paul goes over, he says, a Christian struggle that they may have. And of course, he's going over, and many of us have read this, and I don't know about you, I just got totally confused. I didn't know what Paul, what was going on in Paul's head. But then after, you know, reading it several times, it's like, yeah, 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 you can't feel that way. You know, Paul is like, you know, I really delight in the commandments of God. I think they're all good, and I think they're all right. He said, but parts of me kind of rebel against it, although I know that it's right. And and then he says, when I, try to, when I try to do good, it's my intention to do good, then sin kind of tripped me up a little bit, and I don't have what I want to have. And, and when I decide to do good, then I find myself doing wrong, and then when I make a decision I'm not going to do wrong, I still do wrong anyways. So uh, Paul comes down to verse 24, and he says, Oh, wretched man that I am. This is King James. He said, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? He said, who in the world is going to help me? Because I am tormented in my mind about what it is that, that's keeping me or causing me to keep doing wrong when I get up in the morning and my intentions are to do right. But somehow, you know, I tell myself, I am not going to cuss today. I'm just not going to cuss today. It's all, we just going to stop. God, we're going to stop cold turkey. Going to stop cussing today. But then somebody pulls in front of me, and there it is. I'm cussing anyway. It's like, but I didn't want to. I kind of did, but, but not really because I know it's wrong, but it kind of made me feel good, God, because they got in my way. So, <laughs> so Paul is just like, oh. So again, he says, oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? And you have to read the next verse, and it's best read, I think, uh, to get the point in the Amplified. Verse 25, he says, oh, thank God, he will through Jesus Christ, the anointed one, our Lord. So then indeed, I of myself with the mind and heart serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. So Paul is saying, you know, God is going to help me. I cannot do this by myself. It is impossible for me to live the life that I read about, live the life that God is talking about, uh, unless I get some help. So he says, thank God, he is going to deliver me. The Holy Ghost is going to help me. And I thought Brian did such a wonderful job in saying that's people who think they get saved and everything goes perfect the next day. He said, you're mistaken. And then you get confused when you find that you kind of slip back into some things that you thought my getting saved from, I was going to be delivered immediately from. He says, but God is all the while working in us. 
that what starts to happen is if you continue to hear the word, you will start to uh, be conscious of what you're doing that's wrong. Because that's the Holy Spirit now starting to work in you. So it's like, I used to do this and it didn't bother me. But now it's bothering me. See, that bothering you is the Holy Spirit working in you. So you don't have to go around trying to make yourself perfect. The Holy Spirit is going to work in you to bring you to where you need to be. And that's why we don't need to condemn people and point fingers at people and start saying crazy stuff like, I thought they was a Christian and I thought they were saved. Well, if we pull back the covers on you, there's somebody else who's been in the faith a little bit longer be saying, well, I thought she and she always up in the church and I thought you'd be over that by now, guys. What you need to say is, God, thank you for working in them. Father, I thank you and encourage them so that they don't feel any condemnation because sometimes people come to you and they're like, man, I just keep doing this. I don't know. And you just encourage that God is working a work in you. God is working a work in you. Just continue to say who you are because indeed you have been forgiven, so live like you have been. Don't live like you still condemned under the law, but live like you are free. And then we move on into um, chapter 8 and verse 1. And in the Amplified it says, Therefore there is now no condemnation. Paul says, Because Christ is going to help me, I have no condemnation. He says, there is therefore now no condemnation, nor judging guilty of wrong, for those who are in Christ Jesus who live and walk not after the flesh, uh, after the dictates of the flesh, but after the dictates of the spirit. That means when the Holy Spirit starts talking to you concerning some things that you're doing, and then you respond to whatever he's saying to you, he says, then you're following and walking after the spirit, but no one gets born again and automatically just do everything right. Amen. So he says, therefore, again, therefore, there is now no condemnation. We don't need to let anybody condemn us. We don't need to condemn ourselves. We don't need to start feeling uh, uh, harshly concerning ourselves and beating ourselves up because that's condemnation. And that's not what God does concerning us. It says in verse 2, for the law of the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, the law of our new being, has freed me from the law of sin and of death. He said it has free. I am free from condemnation. I'm free from the law of sin and death. I'm free from, from, from sin producing death in my life. I'm free of it. I am free. And he's telling us we need to live like that. Um, there's another translation that says, with the arrival of Jesus the Messiah, that dilemma was solved. The dilemma that Paul was in about who's going to help me, the dilemma was solved. The case is closed. There is no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Jesus, the anointed one. He said there is no accusing, no accusing voice. Um, we're not condemned to sin. We don't double up and, you know, man, I'm just going to put myself into it. It's not your self-efforts that's going to cause this change, but it's the Holy Spirit working in you that's going to cause this change. And we need to embrace everything that the Holy Spirit is doing in our lives. Uh, we need to trust God's actions in us, the real living Spirit of God that's on the inside of us. Let's look at Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. Because that question is, again, 
who will deliver me from this body of sin? Who's going to deliver me from uh, the uh, repercussions of, of living, uh, the repercussion of sin? Who's going to deliver me? Uh, because remember, when sin came into the world, all kinds of other things, depression and uh, poverty and want and lack and insecurity, all these things came into the world. But then God sent Jesus to deliver us from the effects of sin. Amen. Amen. So in Colossians chapter 2, if we'll look at uh, verse 14, and look, we'll look at it in the, uh, uh, let's look at it in the Amplified. It says, having canceled and blotted out and wiped away the handwriting of the note, the bond with its legal decrees and demands, which was enforced and stood against us, hostile to us. This note with its regulation, decrees, and demands, he set aside and cleared completely out of our way by nailing it to his cross. So it's saying that Jesus came into the world and he blotted out. Everybody had a note that was due. Everybody, everybody had, he said, he said everybody had a note that was due. It was it, and it was by all these legal decrees that these things came about because we all had a sinful nature. So everybody was condemned to hell to die. And he said that Jesus came and he said that he re, he blotted it out. He erased the whole thing. Oh, God is such a good God. Jesus blotted out, canceled every legal violation we had on our record. Canceled everything. All the arrest warrants, <laughs> all the arrest warrants, all of us had, you know how people drive around, but they know they've done something and, and there's a warrant out for their arrest. All of us was in that position. <laughs> it said he erased it all, they deleted it all, and they cannot be retrieved. You know how people have, have sealed records? Nobody can open it. When Jesus took care of the sin, nobody can open it. And you don't need to be trying to pull it open yourself and don't let other people. You know how some people try to get to your records that have been sealed by the court? Well, they can't get to it and don't, don't you be pointing it out to them. Just, you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> he said it, it cannot be retrieved. Everything was nailed to the cross and Jesus did it in a public way. That is why he was on the cross. He did it in a public way. He stripped away all the weapons. Let's keep, let's keep reading here. In verse 15 it said, God disarmed the principalities and powers that were ranged against us and made a bold display and public example of them in triumphing over them in him and in it the cross. It said Jesus did it all out in public. He wasn't off to the side. He, he hung on that cross. He did it in public so everybody could see that he died. Amen. Glory to God. So it was important that everybody saw what took place. Everybody, people needed to see him being beaten. So when he said, by the stripes of Jesus, and they go back to the Old Testament and say, by the stripes of Jesus, you're healed. They can say, he he that, that happened for real. So that's why everything had to be out and open, and it wasn't done in, street, in secret. He stripped away every weapon all spiritual authority and our powers that accused us. See, it's, it's, it's the principality, it's the power, they accuse people. 
accuse people of doing stuff. He, accusations, even in your own mind, concerning what you deserve and what I don't deserve based on my behavior, based on, on what I did. We, we sabotage ourselves. Uh, and you know, sometimes even in this world where we are accused falsely, but do you know that if someone uh, accuses you of something, you have to go to court to defend yourself even if you are right, even if you didn't do it. But it's okay as long as you have the evidence that you didn't do it. It's almost like, have, have you ever paid a bill and then you got another bill and you knew you paid it? You felt pretty secure, didn't you? I already paid that. You don't get to send that to a collection agency. Here, I got all the proof. Am I correct? I got all the proof that I don't owe this debt. Or if it's a court case, I have all the proof that I'm not guilty of the crime that you are accusing me of. Well, Jesus, he, he did it all out in the open. He took the, he took the penalty for every sin, past, present, and future. So we'd be able to say when we are attacked, I'm not guilty. The price has already been paid. You show proof through the word of God. Amen. Amen. And we assure ourselves, we build ourselves up. Remember last week we talked about uh, that tent, that tent that's over us, that tent of joy, that tent of peace that's over us, and how you, 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 you put the stakes in the ground through testify, excuse me, put stakes in the ground of that tent. Every time you repeat the word of God, you driving the stake in, keeping your tent safe. I dwell under this tent. <laughs> safety and security from God. I this is where I live, and every time I confess the word, every time I pray, every time I pray in tongues, every time I sing praises to God, I'm just driving the stake in deeper and deeper and deeper so my tent won't be blown down by any breeze, any storm. It, 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 it's stuck. I'm anchored, amen? And we, let's look at Job 1, 16, 1, chapter 1 and verse 6, because we're going to look at who the Bible says the accuser is. Job chapter 1, let's look at verse 6. It says in King James, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, uh, Whence cometh thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, from walking up and down in it, and the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man? You know what Satan decided to do? Oh, let me accuse him. Let me, let me go and accuse him. I want to read that to you out of the Amplified as well. The Amplified, it says, Now there was a day when the sons, the angels of God, came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan, the adversary and accuser, also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, From where did you come? Then Satan answered the Lord, From going to and fro on the earth and from walking up and down on it. So he's, he's, he's here. He's like, you know what? I'm just seeking whom I may devour. That's what I'm doing. If you look at verse 12, he says, uh, and the Lord said to Satan, the adversary and the accuser, he says, behold, all that he has is in thine power only upon the man himself. 
put not forth your hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. But again, he is talking about the adversary. He's talking about the one who tries to accuse us of things that, frankly, we're not guilty of. Amen. Glory to God, because Jesus paid the price for it. He's trying to, to uh, uh, be, he's our adversary in that he tries to make you feel like you deserve punishment for things. Satan, he, 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 he comes to us and he tells us that, you know, well, that when a sickness attack our bodies, that God's not going to heal you. Well, that's a lie. Because the truth is that Jesus said, by my stripes, you are healed. But he's there to, to cast doubt on what Jesus has already done. And then again, you remember we were just reading that Jesus took care of this. He made an open display. He made it clear to everyone that I am taking care of the principalities, the powers, the demonic forces. I'm taking care of all this. I am, I am going down to hell and I'm going to handle business for you. That's what I'm going to do. And then I'm going to get up again in public. This is not going to be something hidden, but I'm going to get up in public. And uh, I was reading a commentary once, and it said that uh, the people who try to say, well, you know, it was just his, his, his followers. He said, there is no way 500 people would come up with such a lie. It's just too many. I mean, if you just had a little little group, little sect over here that said Jesus rose from the dead. Maybe you'd be like, but 500 people? That were <laughs> 500 people all came together and decided, let's say Jesus rose from the dead. They said, that is highly unlikely back then. Now, you know, with social media and stuff, you might could get 500 likes. But I'm just saying. <laughs> but I'm just saying. <laughs> back then, they didn't have any of that. So therefore, he said he did all of this in public so that we would understand that there is no condemnation and that we need to live just like we are forgiven, not like we are guilty, not saying, well, I deserve this or this happened to me because of this and, and I should have prayed more, I should have done more, I wasn't living right. God says, no, that has nothing to do with it. Amen. Let's look at John chapter 8. We have all the evidence we need in the scriptures. We have all the evidence we need through testimonies. We have all the evidence that we need. And this is what Jesus said. He says, and you will know the truth. This is the Amplified. And the truth will set you free. I like the other translations. The truth will make you free. It will make you free. And let's look at John chapter 17 and verse 17. He says, sanctify them, purify, consecrate. This is a prayer that Jesus was praying to, to his father. He says, sanctify them, purify, consecrate, separate them for yourselves. Make them holy by the truth. Your word is truth. Your word is truth. Let's look at Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, it says, in this freedom, Christ has made us free and completely liberated us. Stand fast then and do not be hampered or held in snare or submit again to a yoke of slavery which you have once put off. 
He said, don't act like slaves. Act like you're free. Don't act like you're uh, in bondage to anything because I came to set you free. Let's look at Luke. Oh, I like this passage of scripture. Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. We need to live like we are forgiven. Live like we are forgiven. In chapter 4, verse 16, and we can read this out of the King James, it says, and he came to Nazareth where he, where he, went, where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind and set at liberty them that are bruised. In the 18th uh, verse, let's look at it in the Amplified. It says, and the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me, the anointed one, the Messiah, to preach the good news, the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to announce release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to send forth and as delivered those who are oppressed, who are downtrodden, bruised, crushed, and broken down by calamity. He said, I, I, I came for everybody. And then in verse 19, Amplified, it says, to proclaim the accepted and acceptable year of the Lord, the day when salvation and the free favors of God profusely abound. He said, I am declaring that this is the acceptable year. This is the year of freedom. This is the year of freedom from bondage. And of course, those who were listening to him uh, knew the law. They was like, he's declaring jubilee. You can't declare jubilee, Jesus. That's, well, jubilee was a time, I think it was every seven years, that if you were in debt to someone, you were freed of all your debt. You were forgiven of all your debt. And they said that you should even give that person who is starting, again, something to go along with them to help them in their freedom. So Jesus is standing up there saying, I'm declaring Jubilee to start right now. And that's why they got mad. They were like, who? You can't be setting people free. You can't be. No, people need to stay in debt. They need to stay depressed. They need to stay broken down. They need to stay bruised and hurt. They need to stay this way, Jesus, till they can fulfill the law so they can walk by the law to get themselves straight. Before God and Jesus is like, nope, it's Jubilee and everybody is free. So we need to live. We need to live like we are forgiven because God has forgiven every one of us of every sin that you committed, may commit in the future. He has forgiven us. And he said, you need to live like you are free. Don't live like you captives. Don't live like you, you, you can't do any better. He said, through me, through Christ Jesus. He said, you can do all things. There is nothing impossible for you. With God, all things are possible. And God's not hiding anything from us. God's not trying to keep things back from us. On the contrary, God's trying to get everything he can to us. That's why he sent Jesus. And that's why he sent prophets and pastors and teachers to tell you about your freedom. 
to tell you about your liberties in Christ Jesus, to tell you what God has, has prepared for you before you even got here. Before the foundation of the world, he prepared it for you. He said, I want you to be secure. I want you to be stable. I want you to be at peace. These are all the things that Jesus died for. And I want to do that all because it was my good pleasure. He said, it was all about my good pleasure. He said, and I know you're going to spend the rest of your life trying to, to uh, uh, receiving from me. Because just when you think, man, God, you just blew my mind. He said, you think that's something. <laughs> did, that, did that move you? <laughs> you know, sometimes we don't even read. We, we fail to read or think about heaven and what he says heaven looks like. And when you think about what heaven looks like, then there is nothing down here that looks like that. So God, he, he's like, I, I just want to give you a glimpse of how good I can really be. He said, but you've got to live like you're free. You've got to live like you're not in, in slavery anymore. You, you know, people... When people have been incarcerated for a long time, it's my understanding that sometimes it's very difficult for them to get out and live a life of freedom because they don't know how to, how to maneuver things. They don't know how to, and, and, and they feel like they want to go back because they know how that works. But how many of you are interested in the new? I'm not interested. And, <laughs> well, God, you know, I know, I know how to count my pennies. I, I know how to, to and, <laughs> Father, I'm looking to be educated on how to count millions. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking to be educated. I, I, I realize that, 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 that this is where I am now. And, and God, I realize that, that, that I've had this pain for so long that it seems like it's a part of my norm. But I understand that as a free man, that I'm supposed to be free from pain and sickness. I'm supposed to be whole. I'm supposed to be healed because that's what you said. You wish above all things that I prosper and be in health even as my soul prospers. So I expect, God, that every time I see something in the word and I grasp that word, I expect for something to change in my thinking. Not you, God. I realize that you always and always has thought good about me. You've already had things stored up for me. You already have plans for my life. I understand that, God, but I expect for something to change and shift in my life. Hallelujah. As I come to know you. Hallelujah. As I come to know you. Let's look at Hebrews. You have time? Hebrews chapter 2. Glory to God. Look at somebody and say, live like you are forgiven. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 2. Oh, my. Let's see. Uh, I think... For the sake of time and explanation, let's read this. I think they put it up before uh, the Passion. Read this out of the Passion Bible. You all have that, don't you? She shook her head, no. Okay, I'm going to read it anyway. Uh, so y'all listen or follow along. I'm sure it'll be 
<laughs> it says, since all his children have flesh and blood, so Jesus became human to fully identify with us. He did this so that he could experience death and, and annihilate it, uh, and annihilate the effects. Excuse me, let me start this over because I want you to get the full picture. He says, since, it says, since all his children have flesh and blood, so Jesus became human to fully identify with us. He did this so that he could experience death and annihilate the effects of the intimidating accuser who holds against us the power of death. By embracing death, Jesus set free those who live their lives uh, live their entire lives in bondage to the tormenting dread of death. For it is clear that he didn't do this for the angels, but for all sons and daughters of Abraham. This is why he had to be a man and take hold of our humanity in every way. He made us his brothers and sisters, and because our merciful and faithful king, and became our merciful and faithful king priest, before God as the one who removed our sins to make us one with him. He suffered and endured every test and temptation so that he can help us every time we pass through the ordeals of life. He said Jesus took on human flesh just so he would understand what was actually happening with us, so he could understand because, you know, God didn't know sin the impacts of sin and, 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 and those things. So he sent Jesus, he said, he'll, he'll, he'll experience those emotions, those things that happen with you so that he can help you through, so he can be a faithful high priest, so he can offer you the necessary assistance. He says, I, when you're depressed, I know about that. You know, there's a, have you ever met people who hadn't gone through what you've gone through and they're trying to sympathize with you and you looking at them thinking to yourself, you don't have a clue. I, I, you, can, you, can, you can relate to me as far as you know that I feel bad or that I hurt or that I'm in pain, but if you have never been here before, you don't have a clue. And whereas you're encouraging me, someone who's been here and gone through it and got the victory, my ears are open more so to hear what they have to say. Tell me how you managed. Tell me how you went through it. When you felt like this, what did you do? Because you believe they can answer the question. Well, Jesus said, you can come to me because I know about it all. That is why I came in human flesh so I could experience it all. And let me say this, experience it all, okay, not that Jesus committed adultery and did that kind of stuff, but he, he's saying that I know the effects. I know how the attacks come. I know how Satan will attack your mind. I know he'll come to you at night and wake you up and tell you you know that bill hasn't been paid and they're going to put you out tomorrow. I know, you all understand what I'm saying? He said, I, 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 I know the, the effects of the voice because after all, he came to me in the wilderness. So I, I, know, I know how he sounds. I know what he's going to say. So when you come to me and not try to handle this on your own, I can give you inner strength to handle it. I can give you the words to say, and my word is truth. I can, he said, I, 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 he said, I, I know where you are. 
So I'm able to help and I'm able to sit, assist you. And you know what? It's so good. He didn't say concerning the big things. He says your regular life. Just in, just in the, the things that you have to handle day to day. Come to me concerning all of that. Hallelujah. Jesus lived a day-to-day life. He know some of us need to eat. Some of us can give up a few meals, but he know that. <laughs> That's why he said, I, I, I'm going to supply you whatever it is you need. I'm not going to leave you. I'm your great high priest. I'm, I, after all, I, I intercede for your good. I'm talking to God concerning your good. Amen. Amen. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you. If you would like to help us further expand the vision, simply text the word GIVERTM to the number 41444 or visit us online at www.revealingtruth.org. Now remember, Jesus loves you.